This is Dies and Shubix, the podcast, episode 221, for the week of May 30th, 2010. Welcome to a halfway unexpected episode of Dies and Shubix, the podcast, an extension of yet again this week, two all encompassing Dragon Ball fan sites over here in New Jersey, and then off an hour behind me. Constantine. Yay. Yay. We're here. Oh, I guess Dysentuax is here. Does that count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both here. We both talk and collaborate and bring goodness to the fans. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Last week on the show, we said, maybe we'll do a mini episode. Maybe it'll be a non-numbered episode. I don't know what it's like to do a non-numbered episode, so I said... I don't uh, think you can. The uh, internet will explode. I know. We've done really short episodes before, and they were numbered, so I said, uh, all right, it's just a numbered episode. So, off in the distance, Mr. Heath from Constantine joining us yet again because you and I doing a little uh, half-day working today. <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> it's very nice. It's Friday, the middle of the day. We can record a podcast and still have a full weekend. I like how this works. A three-day weekend. Oh, I know. I love being an adult. So good. <sighs> Thank you, Memorial Day. Right. I love you. So thanks for joining me, dude. Oh, no problem. I'm just uh, spending the afternoon packing. So It's going to just be you and I for the episode here. Uh, Mary's still at work. Julian's, uh, it's like the middle of the night over in Japan right now. He's such a slacker. He, he is can a slacker. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was talking to him earlier this week. I love you, week. Julian. I don't mean it. He's probably going to join us next week for a manga review of Awesomeness, so I'm uh, glad about that. So it's just going to be you, Heath, and myself. My name is Mike Vegito EX. I ringlead the Circus of Dragon Ball Extravaganza-ness. It's going to still be a full episode but it's going to be a shortish episode probably maybe i don't entirely know we're just kind of winging it with the news and winging it with the uh topic i say winging it but as we were saying right before we started recording that's not entirely true we kind of jest about winging it but i mean there's a full outline and we have the materials in front of us it's weird when you do it enough it's just you're not you're winging it but you're not really that's you know right. What you're doing. This episode, we are going to talk about. So excited! Finally, get in the mail today. Ogon no Senshi, or the Golden Warrior. It is the new art book for the Dragon Ball series, and really the first new art book in what 15 years? Is it? Yes. God. Yeah. Daisenshi One came out in '95. Wow. We're gonna give you all the info about what that book is and what its significant is, what's in it, and all that good stuff. Uh, before we hit the news, though, because we do have some news this week, a couple little housekeeping things. We we did our Kai review, I should say the Z-Kai review, very specific to Funimation's release, and even more specifically here on the podcast about the English dub of it last week on the show. A couple days after that went up, I did have the full written review go up on the website, and as per the norm with our reviews, it is long, it is gigantic, because that's what people expect from a Daisenshu EX review. Which means Mike wrote it. If it's really long. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I joke about, oh, I don't know the meaning of the word brevity. I don't think you do. No, I, I, I don't think that's a joke. <laughs> It's half joke, half not. I mean, there is that final thought section at the bottom. If you read just that, that basically encompasses any main point that was in the larger review. The fact remains, though, based on the research that I've done about our audience and the things that they're into and the things they, they expect from the website, that's what they want. So... That's what I create. That's what I slave over. And I'm happy to do it. So I don't say that as if, oh, you're making me slave for you like a little monkey. That's 
That's not true at all. We I have do it for the people. It. That's right. Uh, in addition to that, I put this up yesterday. So Play Asia this was hilarious. <laughs> finally, finally updated with the latest two lines in this Frieza's Force series of figures, which are really just these about five, six dollar little mini figures of basically anyone associated with Frieza. So of course it's got Ginyu Tokusentai, it's got QE, it's got all of even the nameless henchmen, uh, like the the little humanoid people. I believe there's even blueberry and raspberry. Just every single last little villain named or otherwise that it seems that Frieza has dragged along with him. So you could own the whole Frieza force. Basically. Like, have little battles. And I know there's a spaceship. Is the spaceship part of line four that isn't out yet? Something like that? I think so. Uh, I that, think it's supposed to be coming out. I absolutely have to grab that. Anyway, I was all yes. excited because line three of Frieza's force had Apul, who listeners of this show and visitors of the website know is this long-standing sort of quasi-in-joke. Now, I could give you all the background history right now, but our buddy Albert uh, asked on Twitter, I, th- I guess it was just yesterday as I did this all really quickly, hey, Mike, what the hell is this deal with the Apul character? Why? W- w- what is this? Why do you keep saying this? So I said, all right, I think this is worthy of actually writing up and detailing from the beginning because the joke goes back at least six years right now. The podcast itself isn't even six years old yet. The joke goes beyond and before the podcast's existence. So I think that's uh, pretty interesting. Over on my personal website blog, vegetoex.com slash blog, I have a new post behind the joke, Apul. You can read how this started, why it's significant to us, and why it continues to be hilarious through 2010 when we now have a figure of Apul to purchase. And as of today, is on its way to me, so I should have it next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, God. You're going to post all sorts of pictures, aren't you? Oh, I will. It's going to be very creepy, very, very awkward, but I'm like- about that. Mike in a swimming pool, and then the up pool next to him, just like chilling. That's right. Tuck myself into bed with my little up pool figure. <laughs> Mary's on the floor. <laughs> I'm not sleeping with him. So uh, that's that. It's a little, I say in joke, but it's kind of a beyond our little community now. It's spreading out into other places, as you'll see in the blog post. So that's fun. Uh, the other last housekeeping stuff thing I'll mention Funimation's three Dragon Box sets, the ones that have been released so far, they're $26.99 a pop on Amazon right now. If you have been holding out on getting these, number one, shame on you. Number two, they're $27. Absolutely go purchase them right this second. Heath, what do you think about this? I mean, this is just amazing. 42 episodes for $27 in this kind of release style. Yes, people should definitely go buy these for 27 bucks is like a steal and you should probably be shot if you don't buy them because you think it's way too expensive yeah i agree with that completely people should be shot if they don't purchase this go get them all right that's all the uh stuff and the housekeeping thingies anything else you want to toss in here before we hit the news no not really all right here we go First bit of news. I know this has been uh, flying around a couple places, but I just saw a story that actually says something in detail about it. Selecta Vision wants Dragon Ball Kai. The story is up over on Zona Dewey Day Punto com. 
this is the company responsible for bringing out the Spanish remastered box sets. So, I mean, they're into it. They want it. The story really just says, guys, we want to bring this to you. We're working on it. We don't have anything to say right this second. We don't have it just yet, but look for it in the future. We want to do it on DVD and Blu-ray. That would be That's awesome. the story. I mean, Funimation was the first one to get it. And there were those hilarious stories about Angelo down in uh, Mexico and who was getting <laughs> it down there. <laughs> I think the first Spanish double Zs are uh, probably going to come from Spain rather than Mexico here. Yeah, which will be nice to see. Yepers. I know Spain gets a lot of nice stuff. They do. I mean, these uh, double disc sets and then they went back and did them in what they call Dragon Box sets. Uh, they were really nice. I mean, they're pal, but they're <laughs> not to... Uh, no, knock pal, but I mean, it is coming from an NTSC uh, source, so. Yeah. All right, that's it. Heath, uh, tell me about video games, I guess. All right, we got some Origins 2 details. Uh, Namco Bandai finally confirmed a June 22nd release date, uh, so the demo will be available on the Wii's Nintendo channel on May 31st, so if people want to go download that, give it a shot before you buy it. And we have confirmed that there will be English voices. Yeah, they've been doing a couple of interviews in collaboration with some gaming sites, and it does say that English voices have been recorded. At Chris Sabitz is at Ocratron, Orcatron, I forget whatever his little studio production yeah. house is, but yeah, the, they've done voices for it over there. Now, let me explain. The case here is Origins 1, or Dragon Ball DS... Uh, was released by Atari when they still had the license. When that came out, it did have English voices. In the meantime, Namco Bandai has brought everything back in in-house, and they're doing it themselves over here in the U.S. When they released Attack of the Science on DS, it featured exclusively the original Japanese voice cast. There was no selectable option, just Japanese voices. So here we are with Dragon Ball DS2 or Origins 2, and it looks like they're going to maintain consistency with this series of games, if you can call it that. It's only two games, even though it's them and different whatever English voices I guess I'll just turn the volume down and listen to some podcasts while I play I don't know Heath do you have a DS I can't remember I broke it oh you suck so I need a new one is this something you're interested at all? Did you play the first one? Um, I didn't play the first one because it broke before that oh, okay. so <laughs> when I got review copies of DS stuff that all got sent to Jake. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not so sure about this one. You can go back and listen to our initial thoughts on the first game and shortly after that I just kind of stopped playing it. There were a few problems, mainly the controls. I'm really excited about not touch only controls on the sequel. Definitely going to check out that demo on uh, the 31st. It's about next week, so check that out folks. It'll be nice. I mean, the first one I heard wasn't just horrible and it was actually pretty good, but there are just a lot of little things people wanted fixed. Yeah, it was a game with some flaws. Yeah, so hopefully this fixes all of them. Yeah, and again, still no word on whether the Famicom game is going to show up there in any capacity. We haven't heard anything. It's probably not, which really sucks. Yeah, I'm pretty hesitant to say that it'll be there, but all right, you never know. Other gaming stuff, real quick, new trailers for Raging Blast 2 and Tag Versus, renamed is it Tenkaichi Tag Team or Tag, Tag Versus? Team. I forget what they yeah. renamed it over here, but uh, Game Trailers has them up. The official websites for the games, the Japanese websites have them up. They're very, very basic. The music in them is awful. There's no narration. The same characters we've seen time and time again. Heavy focus on Dodoria and Bardock in the Raging Blast 2 trailer, which is a little weird, but uh, yeah, that's it. New trailers, nothing to speak about there. Heath, the biggest news of the last couple days, but... It may not really be big news because nothing's happening right now and we don't know that anything will happen. What's up? I guess we have no idea. 
Uh, Navarre apparently is investigating a potential sale of Funimation. So there's a press release on the homepage of Daisenshu EX. But again, we don't really know a whole lot. It's all kind of up in the air right now. You see this all the time. Navarre's basically said, all right, we're out of debt. Funimation did really well for us. We're really thankful for that. The way that they're moving, the things they want to do. We're more in the distribution business. They're more on the content business. We don't know that the places they're going, we can really support that and do the best job. So over the next year, we're going to kind of look and see if anyone wants to buy them. Which is, you know, (laughs) it could be good. It could be bad. Uh, It could be nothing. Yeah. I mean, it could be that Navarre decides, you know what, we can't get the right amount of money for him, or you know what, maybe we... they're the only thing keeping us in the black. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and which business was it? Was it Encore that they closed? There's the Encore and BCI. Yes. They closed one of them. Who knows? So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. The one thing that I didn't put up on the website yet, they just put out last night, was they entered into a new employment agreement with Gen Fukunaga, who's the president of Funimation. It basically says, over the next year, for whatever reason you leave or are let go, there's like a non-compete clause for a year in there. And also don't try to hire away people from Funimation. It's really, really standard. It sounds like, oh my God, they entered into this agreement and it's so negative. I mean, this is one of the the most standard things in this kind of business. So yes. really nothing to even say there. It's just like, we'll pay you lots of money. I forget what percentage of the sale it was. If you know this goes well, and maybe it won't even do anything and we're still going to pay you and you get all this bonus and vacation time. So it's fun to read through, but there's really nothing of any significance there. Unfortunately, no. I just like reading all the SEC filings on things. You are such a nerd. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. I'm at work going, oh, there's a new 8K. I, I can't wait oh, to read through all of it. You have more patience than I do, sir. <laughs> I do. It's sad. Heath, uh, that's the news, right? That's it? Yeah, I think so. I haven't really come across anything. All right. So uh, we're going to head on over to our topic, uh, the, the words and our book. It is 2010, and as we said earlier in the episode, 15 years ago, we had our last art book. That was Daisenshi 1 Complete Illustrations. Here we are with a new one. So many things have happened in the meantime. I mean, Dragon Ball GT has happened in the meantime. Yeah, that's kind of odd. <laughs> that, that is really... Dragon Ball GT did not exist when the first Daisenshi came out. Yeah, this is... well. Even in here, this is the first time any of the GT artwork's been reprinted since the perfect files. <laughs> I know, I know. It's really weird looking down going, all right, Dragon Ball Z, GT, and Kai all in one place. Very, very yes. strange. So this is Ogon no Senshi, or The Golden Warrior. Pretty straightforward title. First art book in 15 years. I'm a little confused about the release date because everything that we said and saw leading up to it was April 16th, but on the inside of the book it says 21st. Yes. So I'm that's that's on my copy too, and I noticed I'm that. I'm guessing it is really the 21st. I suppose so. I mean, I didn't order it right away, so maybe they updated it. It's about 1200 yen. Is the official price 1173? I took my cover off for a minute. And by that, I mean the cover of the book, not my shirt. Oh, Mike, uh, 1143. 1143. All right, so it's even cheaper. I mean, we're talking about $12 for an art book here. Where the Daisenshu are usually going for about 30 bucks. This being a completely new thing and cheap, that's a solid purchase decision reasoning right there. I mean, do we even need to say anything else at that point? No, I mean, cheap artwork, interviews, uh, 
hell yeah, I'll buy this. Sold. I'm pretty sure you know the official size, but it is the size of a Daisenshu. There's a number or letter for that, right? There is. I want to say B, yeah, B5. For reference, it's about the same thickness as the 10th Daisenshu. Yeah, it's or not any particularly of, you know, those thick. supplemental ones. It's the exact same size as the original Japanese Dragon Books. Also, like the thickness is about the thickness of the Dragon Box Z dragon books it's under 100 pages it's a nice size it's easy to hold in your hand but it's large enough that you can clearly see everything that's printed yeah yeah it's a pretty sturdy book i guess before we talk about the art in it is there anything else about the book the paper's nice it's got a good cover on it uh, let's see well we can talk about the the cover art is all new and goku basically goes across the entire thing and then i mean it's a pretty simple design yeah yeah for the most part there's some foil on the front making the Super Saiyan hair shiny and gold. But other than that, uh, if you take off the dust cover, then you get uh, Goku's dogi. Yeah, it looks like the front and back of him. Yeah, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's cute. All right, I, I guess let's talk about the content of the book. It spans literally everything. I mean, we have movie covers from the very beginning of Dragon Ball, everything up through current Kai things. And I got to say, to have that one main Jump Super Animator special image taking up a full page, yes. that's crazy. It spans everything. It has everything. I'm kind of blown away by the content of this book. Yes. I know some people were a little disappointed that some of the images are reprinted, but for everything that's in here, to have it all in one place... It's really nice. I want to talk about the movie posters in particular because every main image and variant image of every movie is in here. And some of these I have not seen in the longest time. So this is just a great central location, I guess, even just for movie stuff, which I was not expecting. I mean, we knew it was going to focus around Goku, but there's a lot of other stuff in here as well. I mean, of course, all the movies have Goku in them, but it really does a good job of going chronologically through everything. Yeah. I mean, the the book is broken up by series, so all the, the TV series and the movies for Dragon Ball are at the front, and then it just goes in sequential order. So it's really easy to find things, and I know some people have said, oh, there's a lot of white space, but if you actually have the book in front of you, it's not that bad and they the way they were organizing a lot of the images you kind of have to have the white space because none of these images were all drawn together to be put in a book right right i mean i'm looking on page was it 65 here where it's just a lot of shots of the characters kind of flying or standing and everything would be on a, a white transparent background and they're just arranging all the characters nicely on a page yeah it's white space but it's spaced really well i think it's designed and laid out really well for what they're including here yes it is and I, you were talking about the the movies in particular and that is really nice to see all the a lot of the alternate posters yeah. are in here they were printed in daisenshu 6 but then they had things on top of right, them they were really small there were splashes on top yeah so this is really nice to see and they've even gone through a lot of recent artwork from say a certain uh era like something that's been on v jump but it's dragon ball related then they threw that in too so it, there's more recent stuff than just kai right right it's not just kai like that's not just oh it's these series 
Hercules and Kai. Some things, yeah, I'm going, I'm pretty sure I saw that on the cover of a jump issue or what have you. And they're all thrown in, like you said, chronologically. So you'll be going from what was old Z era artwork to some Kai artwork to, all right, this was probably from a jump issue. Yes, which is kind of weird at times. But But I I wonder, like, how else could you arrange these? Because Dragon Ball is so huge and it does break itself down by series. And they do stuff for Z over 20 years. I mean, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Z TV series. It's celebrated with Kai, but then just with original artwork. Anyway, before Kai existed, they were still celebrating Z with new artwork. So I think this is probably the best way to arrange it. Yes. I agree. I will note that there is some dragon box artwork in here as well. In particular, I love seeing... I was going to bring that up. What is pretty poor art in some areas. Uh, Dragon Box the movies, there's that full page shot of the angry Goku face, which is pretty reminiscent of um, the DBZ movie 7 scene when he's absorbing the Genkidama into himself. But then there's also that awful um, Goku and Vegeta. I remember when we were talking about Dragon <laughs> Box the movies, where it's yes. just this awful sliding flash images with flashing and Kula falling into the background. But at least it's there and it's at a, a pretty full size, I guess. Well, my one complaint that I was going to bring up since we're talking about it, like the Kula image is one of them where it's printed right across the spine. Yeah. And even Imperfect Cell from the Dragon Box is printed right across the spine. So it's like, I can understand because they're just trying to fit everything in as best as they could while maintaining a pretty good size for all the images but I hate it when books print things across the spine. I know, it's pretty difficult. We're going, oh, we got to scan these and incorporate them into designs and reviews and stuff. And I know most people don't think of that, but... No, but we do. You know, yeah. I'm seriously thinking, all right, next time I put it in order, I'm going to get another one that I can cut every single little page out and get stuff. Because even the images that aren't across the spine, I mean, it's a little difficult to open the book and you want to lay it flat. You're probably going to destroy it. I love this image. I'm probably going to do a little bit of this as we talk about it. On page 49, it's the shot of Frieza and Bardock together. There's some great Bardock images in here if you're a fan of him. Stuff we've seen before, such as um, the eye-catch images of him and Frieza and then all of his, um, I guess, teammates. But that one image of him and Frieza, I actually don't think I've seen that before. Yes, that's in the uh, Dragon Ball Z special anime guidebook okay. that came out. Um, there are a bunch of images throughout this book that are from that, where it was a large two-page spread, and then they would talk about whatever it was, and there'd be text over it. And so, well, that's good to know. They're reprinting some images, but not all of them are reprints from. Oh, it's from Daisenshu One, or it's from this book over here. Right. It's stuff that you probably don't own. I mean, there is. They did leave a lot of images out, but a lot of the ones that were really large, they put in this, which is really nice to see because there's no other way. If you don't own those books, which have been out of print since, gosh, 92, right? you'll never see these. So a lot of new fans have probably never seen some of the artwork that's in here. I mean, I'm seeing some images I've never seen before because I don't happen to own that one art book from 92. So absolutely. Like on pages 38 and 39, all these are taken from when they were rehashing the Frieza Nama arcs in the Dragon Ball Z special right. anime guidebook. And those are great so. images. And they're not yeah. kaiified. They just look like super, super clear from the 90s images. Love them. Oh, 
It's so gorgeous. I know it's uh, pretty poor radio to talk about images, but are there any other yeah. images or styles of images, the arrangements that you want to uh, toss into the mix here? Not really. I mean, my one thing was it's nice that they really kind of cleared out their vaults for some of these. Yeah. But I know how many more images are still out there that they haven't printed. So kind of curious if maybe once Kai goes along a little farther, if they're going to release another one. Because like I said, from the Dragon Ball Z special anime books, there are so many originally drawn images just for those that aren't even in here. And then you have things like all the individual Dragon Box discs that came out. Right. So there's a lot of even more recent artwork that's not in here. Yeah, it really warrants a series of these art books. Yes. I'd say if they really, really cleaned out, this book would be like three times longer than what it is. <laughs> Definitely. I say put out a bunch of them so we can have a new line of books. This is something, like we were saying, 15 years, we haven't been able to be excited about art books in such a long time, really since fans like you and I were getting into it in the first place. So we'd already kind yes. of absorbed everything we could at that time. So art books are one of the few things where it's kind of taking us off guard again. And I love art books because... It, they're more for just any fan yeah, and yeah. it can be in any country. I mean, anyone in the U S can just buy an illustration book and you don't really even have to know much Japanese unless you really want to read the interviews. But other than that, I mean, you just sit here and look at pretty pictures. Well, that's a perfect segue. There are three interviews in here. And obviously, I haven't been able to dive into them because I can read some words here and there. And I haven't been able to talk to Julian. But the three interviews are Minoru Maeda, um, Tadayoshi Yamamoto, and the big one for me that I'm really aching to read is Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru. Um, let's cruise through who they are and what their significance is. I know if you're a listener of the show and visitor of the websites, both of our sites, you'll definitely have seen Nakatsuru's name around a lot. But the other name should be yes. kind of familiar to you. Uh, Maeda was an animation director on the Dragon Ball and Z TV series. He did a lot of the movies up through movie seven, including the TV specials. So he's a big time director. He knows what he's talking about here, right? Well, he was the he was the chief animator for the entire Dragon Ball series. He's a big he's in guy. Charge of, yeah, he's a really big guy. He's one of my favorite animation artists. A lot of the guidebooks, uh, older guidebooks that were made in the 80s and 90s, all the cover art was done by him for the most part. Right, right. So, I mean, if you've seen Dragon Ball, you've seen his artwork. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you think Toriyama, but Maeda and Nakatsuru, I mean... They're the guys you're mostly watching in motion, I guess. Yeah, Maeda, he did also most of all the character designs. And I mean, most of these guys were really big into the character designs. Right, so, right. But yeah, they're split up for the most part, one for each series, right. which is nice to see. Next one up, um, Yamamuro. He was a key animator on some of the movies. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of other stuff that he did, but I, I know the name. I've seen it around a lot. Do you know what else he's done with the series? Uh, he is the one that did all the artwork for the Dragon Box, the movies. Oh, okay. So, so not one of my favorites. Um, no, not one of your favorites. Uh, he filled in just to do that one. It was um, Nakatsuru. He did all the other Dragon Boxes. Which makes sense. I mean, you can kind of tell when you see his artwork. Oh, yeah. If it looks like Toriyama, he probably did it. <laughs> if it looks like a very, very clean and very, very sophisticated Toriyama, it was probably not Toriyama. It was probably Nakatsuru. Yes. Which leads us to him, Nakatsuru. Um, animation director, assistant animation director, key animator. I just call him Toriyama's doppelganger. That's a pretty hefty name, but I would have to agree. I mean, this guy was all over the place. And he continues um, to be. And the one thing is, like, we start out with Minoru Maeda, 
and he was heavily into Dragon Ball, and he was around for about half of Z, and then these other two guys basically took over, and by the time you get to GT, I mean, it's all Katsuyoshi. He just basically did everything. Right, so the group we have here, I mean, it encompasses the entire series, so these are the guys you want to talk to to learn more about the production. Now, I know you only just recently got the book, too. I don't know if Jake got it yet. I don't even know if Julian got it. Do we know what the content of the interviews are that we can discuss yet? Uh, No. (laughs) Damn it. This Um, is something we're definitely going to have to revisit. Basically, I glanced through them, and the one thing that I do like is a lot of these guys, the only interviews that they've ever really given are in the Dragon Boxes. So if you don't have the original Japanese Dragon Boxes, you can't really read anything that they've ever said. So this is a cheap way to find out what these guys think. Unfortunately, no one's read the interviews yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to it. This is something we'll come back to. I, I really want to learn, especially Maida and Nakatsuru. Uh, Yamamura, all right, I'll, I'll hear what you have to say, but I'm, I'm really going to be engaged by what the other two guys uh, really have to say and tell stories. I will send these off to Jake as soon as I can. <laughs> Perfect. And he will hate me. But uh, yeah, each interview, then they go through and they also give a, some shots of character designs that each person had drawn right. for the you know, each respective series. So you can visually tell, all right, they did this. Right. So that's kind of nice to see. And I know they do mention Toriyama a lot in all well, of I these. Well, I hope so. But other than that, I have no idea. So I guess that's kind of a, a quick breeze through and look at this new art book. We focused on these interviews for a little bit here. They're just a couple pages. They're spread out. It is mostly just beautiful artwork. And at 12 bucks. And you can pick it up on Amazon Japan. CD Japan has it now. There'll be cheaper shipping. Um, I don't know any other places that are stocking it for cheap. I'm fairly sure that Kinokuniya and um, Japanese bookstores across the U.S. are starting to get it in. If you can get your hands on this, uh, 12 bucks, come on, right? Yeah, I'd say it's totally worth it. This is one of the best deals that we've had in recent yes. fandom history. <laughs> and for the quality, I mean the, the paper quality and the way this is all put together, it's really nice. Um, I did have a couple images. I, can I touch on a couple images yeah, totally. real quick? I don't know if, did you read the captions in the back at all? Um, not particularly. Okay, so when you first open the book, the very first large image that we see is a serenic shot of somewhere in China. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention that. Yeah, and it's really beautiful. And if you read the caption in the back, what this is, is the inspiration for where Goku grew up. So this is where Goku would have come from when he lived with Gohan. It's really nice. You know, now that I'm looking at it, I can totally see this being a Mount Pautsu area. Yeah, so... Because it mentions in the back how this is where Goku was from before he met Bulma. So I thought that was really neat. Very nice. I, I mean, it's kind of a nice backstory that you don't really get sometimes. Um, and then the other image that I really wanted to talk about, just because I find this funny. If you go to page... It's one of the Dragon Box images. Page 52 has Frieza, which was on Dragon Box Z Volume 1 in Japan. But in Japan, they only got the upper half of the body and it was on the front and kind of wrapped around onto the side. Right. But Dragon Box E Volume 3 here in the U.S. that was domestically released by Funimation, we actually got the whole image of Frieza. Which is here in the book. Yes. Before that, the entire image of Frieza had never been printed in Japan before. Oh, no one wow. even knew there was a lower half to Frieza <laughs> until Funimation put out the box. Very nice. So that means Funimation, they got the master artwork for all this stuff then. Yeah. So I don't know if that 
uh, has anything to do with why they got it. But yeah, I just thought that was really neat and kind of funny. Just knowing that and hearing that alone makes me really jealous of the graphic designers they have over at Funimation now because they got to see this stuff before the vast majority of the Japanese population got to see it. Yeah, because I even, I picked up the Dragon Book. I was like, you know, I wonder if it's in here anywhere and it's not in there. Any any image of him in there is still just the top half. So why they didn't use the whole thing, uh, who knows? Very nice to have. All right, so that's it, right? I think that's it. I mean, well, we can harp on it again for the, the price of the book, 12 bucks. I think it's a steal. I think everybody should buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, that's the end of the review. If you don't buy it, uh, you get shot. That's our recurring theme this episode, right? Yes. Done. Let's move on to releases then. All right, June 4th, because what month is this? May, it's over. June 4th, TV version anime comics, Dragon Ball Z, Majin Buu, Gekito Hen, or Battle Arc, Volume 5, coming from Shueisha, 730 yen, couple cents off over on CD Japan, 695. This is the redundantly redundant anime manga. Should be coming to a close pretty soon, so it'll be interesting to see what they do after that. Uh, Heath mentioned it earlier this episode on 22nd. June 22nd, we will get Dragon Ball Origins, 2, which is the American Nintendo DS release of Dragon Ball DS 2, Totugeki Red Ribbon and that is being released by Namco Bandai. There's no word yet whether we're going to get the actual Famicom game that Japan got, but you know, can hope for it, I suppose. And you can pre-order that at GameStop for $29.99, which is the MSRP. And you can also get it for the same price at Amazon. Righto. All right, June 25th, we got an extra one in the mix here. Over in Germany, they're getting Dragon Ball Z DVD Box 4 from Kaze. It's going to be 10 boxes in the series, so they're still cruising on the first half here. It's based on the French video transfer, so it's not all that great. No Dragon Box footage here. This starts with episode 108. I actually don't know where it goes to, but it's probably about 35 episodes based on on the runtime. 4x3, so that's very good. MSRP is 66.99 euros, though Amazon Germany has it for 52.99 pre-order price. Very nice. Moving over to Japan, they're getting lots of Kai on that day. Blu-ray box number 4 is coming out. It's going to be Kai episodes 40 through 54 on 5 discs. Remember that the first 3 sets were 4 discs, so this one's a little more expensive. 4x3 aspect ratio high definition. MSRP is 15,960 yen. CD Japan's got it for 15,000 Amazon Japan's got it for 14628 Very specific pre-order price there. Also that day, individual discs, volumes 13 and 14. First disc is 37.39, and the second disc is 42.42. Uh, remember, the DVDs are 16 by 9 cropped in standard definition. MSRP is 29.40 on those. CD Japan's 2800 Amazon Japan's 2156 And uh, that's it for June. We're going to get a bunch of stuff in July, a bunch of stuff in July. Busy summer coming up. Uh, I guess let's do an email here. All right, Heath, I think it makes sense to read this email here with you because it's quasi response to last episode of the show. But this is a fun one because it kind of meanders all over the place talking about this, talking about the doves, talking about the show and stuff. I just want to get your take on this. This email comes to us from Jess. I'll say it right now. I have too much free time. I listened to the entire show, all 220 episodes, over the course of a year. I saw a video you made on YouTube and thought to myself, maybe these guys could educate me a little bit about the show I have fond memories of. I was not wrong. You guys made me really appreciate the Dragon Ball franchise and opened my eyes to how large it really is. Thank you so much. Whenever you guys talk about the different dubs of DBZ, that makes me wonder if we actually do talk about them, because I think we 
don't ever really address them. Maybe we do. No. I always get reminded of a particular game that touched my heart that was released on the GameCube in 2004, Tales of Symphonia. Great RPG that even the critics said that the voice acting was a positive point. Awesome performances from the likes of Shiloh Strong, Jennifer Hale, Crispin Freeman, and Scott Menville. Those performances really are a part of the characters for me. Then in 2007, the Wii sequel came out. Aside from it not being that good of a follow-up with annoying new characters, what really boils the fans of the original is that over half of the original main cast was changed. I like seeing the characters from the first game appear, but when they open their mouths, it just takes me out of the nostalgia. I just figure it's sort of a similar situation with DBZ, but I may just be dwelling on something that has already been long debated years ago. We did talk about how there were several different studios, and companies look to cheaper studios when they localize games, so I figure that's what happened. Before I sound like an ignorant whiner, no, absolutely never, if you're right into the show, it's impossible. I will say that hearing you talk about watching an anime and its original language did inspire me to watch Fist of the North Star in this way, and I really like it. Chiba really knows how to yell and scream, and he makes a great Kefka yes. in Dissidia. So I'm a little worried when I'll end up watching it dubbed, but I guess I just need an open mind, right? Well, this email's long enough. I hope you guys keep on making the podcast that I love. Heath, uh, first thing we're going to address is our undying love for Shigeru Chiba, right? Yes, I think I could marry that man. He's pretty amazing. He is. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite seiyuu. Now, I have to ask, because in recent years, Norio Wakamoto has come under fire for instead of playing characters, playing... Norio Wakamoto. I'm a little concerned that we place Shigeru Chiba almost in that same vein, where it's like, oh, we love him just because it's him and because he does his Chiba voice. But I think we really tried to drive the point home that his Raditz performance is him not playing Shigeru Chiba for a change, right? Yes. I mean, he has always done a really good job of separating himself from himself. He typically fully immerses himself within that character. And I mean, sometimes it's really hard to pick like that. Like, is that him? You know, there's a little bit of a distinction. Like even when he does the uh, promo for Dragon Ball Z movies, his voice at times is like, wow, how does he do that? (laughs) Those in particular are really amazing. Uh, All right. So the next point is all 220 episodes of this show in a single year. Um, Heath, as someone who has... Wow. Basically been along along for the ride. I mean, your site's been going for that long. You've been on the show many, many times. You hang out with us. What are your thoughts on someone attempting to listen to 220 episodes of this podcast in a year? That's a lot. It is. That's a lot of listening to us. And I don't even listen to us that much. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I've done that with shows before. I mean, that's, yes, when you have to get caught up. I've, I've done that with TV shows where all of a sudden I have a weekend and I'll just sit here and play episodes from an entire season that I've missed back to back to back. I mean, you do get to the point where you're like, okay, now I'm done with that for the next year. But. <laughs> so that may happen with Jesse. We're like, you know what? I am really, really sick of Mike. I'm going to take a break for a while. And I can respect that. I would be interested to know what it's like to listen to all 220 episodes like back to back like that. How repetitive are we? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Like, how, how much... Do you- do you just sit there and go, didn't they just say that like three hours ago? And you know? if you're doing that, you've gone from the first sparking game at the end of 2005. I mean, just video games alone, because that's a significant portion of the fandom in the recent years. You've gone through that entire series of games up to an entirely different series of video game consoles. Yeah. I mean, things have changed in the last year, but it's also <laughs> kind of interesting to think to go back and listen to something from 2005. It'd be uh, quite a different perspective, I would imagine. I do want to address the 
idea of cast changes because we've experienced this. We've talked about it before, but we can note it a little bit here. We've experienced this with Kai both in Japan and the US. And we're always very, very heavy on Funimation's English dub needing to change voices for the better of the show. And people have asked us, well, you know, what about the Japanese version? That wasn't really for the better of the show, was it? That was just a change for the sake of change or availability. And does that make it okay? Aren't you being a little hypocritical there? What is your take on that? Well, we're really good hypocrites and we hide it well. Well, anime fans, again, notorious for that. They're great at justifying oh, things yes. on themselves and being self-consistently hypocritical, right? Gosh, you're putting me on the spot, Mike. I, I'm not I gotta sure. Do it. See, if I read the email, I don't have to answer it. I can put it all on you. <laughs> That's just not fair. <laughs> um, the, how, you, how you can tell that a host is really good because they can avoid everything. I think in the U.S., they really could have stuck with a lot of the same voices. It was just a vocal minority saying that you need to change these things. I, there are some things in Japan from the original where the characters don't quite line up, and I'm sure fans have said other things about it. I think the difference is in the U.S., all that was going on right you know, now. Yeah. In Japan, by the time we got the series, was over. that was all over. But nowadays we have Kai, and fans have really come out of the woodwork. I don't know, maybe more on your forum than anything, but I know I've said things, and you've said things, where... I don't like some of the stunt casting that they're doing in Japan. I don't like some of the voices they're picking for other characters. So I don't know if I'm being too hypocritical, but... Well, I don't know. We've never really had an instance of stunt casting. Well, maybe we have. Didn't the voice of Chewbacca do someone in the GTTV special dubbed? I think so. I, I but think that's the closest we've come. Nothing like Dende yeah. and Kai. So eh, we can be hypocrites every once in a while, I suppose. But we try not to be. <laughs> right. I mean, we're fair and balanced and no we're not no, no we're not i, I was no, seeing this in a... our review uh, on the site of kai i mean it's impossible to be unbiased every single person brings their experiences and their knowledge and their preferences to the table and the best that you can do is just put it out on the table and give it to everyone straight and say this is where i'm coming from and this is why i think this way and you can choose to ignore it or dismiss it but at least i'm giving it to you and it's totally transparent and perspective is really what comes into play in most of these things and like you said, experience. I mean, someone that grew up with the English dub cast and just came in in like season three when they changed it all over, that's what they know. That's what they watch. But a lot of fans, if you go back to who were around for seasons one and two, they don't like the other cast quite as much as the other people. And it's just kind of a, this is what you knew. Like, you know, Ian Corlett. And, you know, you just have things where there's a, a tad of a disconnect because you have different experiences for different people. And I think that's what Jess is talking about here with uh, Tales of Symphonia, where this was the right. original cast and then the sequel comes out and you're going, that's not that character's voice. And, I mean, you'll see this not only in anime, but, I mean, all over the place. Like, when they do movies, different actors all of a sudden, and it's, you know, a sequel of movies, it's a whole series of movies, and all of a sudden there's some character you're like, that is not the same person. Or you're watching TV and they change actors on you mid-season. And... Oh, soap operas are notorious for that, and in some ways yes. Dragon Ball is a soap opera. <laughs> Let's not make that comparison. <laughs> but it's true. I, I like the movie comparison. I mean, just recently, Iron Man 2 came out, and the actor who was going to be War Machine, well, that was a cast change between movies. Yes. You go to the Harry Potter movies, and the original actor for Dumbledore 
passed away and they had to recast right. that. That's something we've experienced with Dragon Ball. Here Taka Suzuoki and most recently Daisuke Gori. I mean, you have to do it. Unfortunately. And, you know, with a series that's been around since 1985, I mean, it's inevitable that these things are going to happen. Right. Um, it's sad that you want to say, I don't want any changes unless there's a death. And that's kind of morbid to say, and you don't want it to end up that way. But then we do take it back over to Funimation's English dub. And there's a very, very small minority of fans. I mean, I see this across the board of fans who don't want Frieza's dub voice to change. I mean, almost unilaterally, it's like, guys, that wasn't the right choice. No. Yeah, there are voices like that that I kind of had to walk away. Cause, and again, that goes back to the perspective thing. I mean, I, at that point, was really getting heavily into the Japanese version because when they switched over to season three and we had the new voice cast and everything, that's when I kind of took a step back and moved over to the other side to kind of take a look at that. Yeah, it was like, why do I even need to put up with this? There's an original version that doesn't have this problem. So now, you know, you come back to it all these years later and all I really know is the Japanese version because to me that is the series. Right. And that's where you get the perspective that comes in and uh, the the issue is some people and maybe not just some people everyone has some sort of bias like you said and that's you can't get rid of that and no matter how much of a good argument you can make sometimes if someone's not willing to listen to your argument then it doesn't really matter yeah you, you come to the all right we're gonna agree to disagree i like this you like this i, I guess we're done and when you have the majority of people that like something usually it does not get changed <laughs> um i don't know that we answered the email i feel like jess's email was like i said just kind of meandering around we're gonna talk about this we're gonna talk about this i feel like we kind of did the same in response to it There's just lots of little things to talk about oh you know listening to the show and the voice changes and by the way she grew cheap is amazing right that's it well and because she asked the question you know well, should you i know keep it she it might be he which, that's true it could be um but i guess i just need to keep an open mind right and while you should keep an open mind if you're coming into this for the first time you your ears know what's right and what's wrong so while you have an open mind you need to make your own decision on what you think sounds good i think that's a good point to make yeah i'd say that sums it up really well where it's of course you're you have an expectation about what the sound's going to be but let's all try to step back and say all right what fits the character the best right and maybe the change is right, maybe the change is wrong, and who knows? Everyone has an opinion. We all lose and everyone's in the end, right. I think. <laughs> yes. All right, that's it. That was our uh, email for the week. If you folks want to send us some emails, maybe we'll talk about something related to your email. I can make no guarantees. Podcast at com. P-O-D-C-A-S-D at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. You can also find us on Twitter at D-A-I-Z-E-X, D-A-I-Z-E-X for news and site announcements. And there's also us individually at Vegito EX. Julian is Saya Jedi. Mary is Mary T-O-T. And then there's the amazing Facebook group for us, facebook.com slash EX. Before we wrap up this episode, I have decided we're doing the contest. That's right, I ordered two copies of Ogon no Senshi because I could, and it was cheap, and I think people really, really need and deserve to get this book. So we're going to give away a copy right here on the podcast and the website. And then they can actually look through it and listen to the podcast and know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> I know. Everyone buy it if you don't win it, and then come back and listen to the show again, and maybe it'll make a little more sense. 
I'm calling this contest because I, I was like, I got to write a header for my outline here. Ogon no contesto. It's a golden contest because it's a golden Oh my warrior. gosh. Well, it, well, it ties in here because when you send the email to the contest, you got to write something somewhere, right? So throw the word golden either in the subject or in the body, just so I know that it's not spam and you want to win the contest. It's going to be totally random drawing, just one entry per person, one email per person, that's it. Very, very standard. Deadline for this is Sunday, June 13th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Probably that Monday, and if not that Monday, maybe the Tuesdays. I think I'll be gone that weekend, but we'll announce the winner on the website. And if we do a podcast that weekend, we'll announce it there. Probably not, maybe the next weekend. Um, um, that's really all there is to it. Send the email very, very specifically. Here's, you got to pay attention. Contest at DiceX.com. C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Give them away a copy of the art book. Pretty amazing. Art book. Also us for giving it away to you. Woohoo! Heath, that's it. Thanks for joining me on the show, man. This uh, Friday afternoon, working half days and being home and chilling, yeah. right? Yeah, it's nice outside. And... Yeah, it's time to go do that stuff. Yes, I know. So, uh, give us a plug before we're done here. Uh, you can find myself and Jake Herms, which is not his last name. His... <laughs> not Jake Herms, it's Jake, comma, it's Herms, Jake comma. Shuts, or quote-unquote Herms. Uh, you can find us at www.kanzentai.com, which is contentai.com. And tomorrow, May 29th, we turn the big five, Hooray! which is awesome in internet years. I'm told. That's an eternity. Yes. So what we are doing, we ourselves are also having a contest. Awesome. So you can win all sorts of fun stuff. You can go to the website. The post should be up either today or whenever the podcast comes out, it will be up. And we are giving away three wonderful items in celebration of this epic occasion. The first prize we're giving away because I've been tired of holding on to this since we have yet to review it on the podcast. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I am giving away the Jump Super Anime Tour Special DVD. Excellent. Uh, I bought extra copies to hold on to to give away on this here podcast, and I am tired of them taking up room on my show. Hey, mine is officially back in this country, at least. Sweet. Maybe we can do it sometime. And then the second prize we're giving away, we're giving away the third Daisenshu guidebook, which is TV Animation Part 1. So even if you don't know a lot of Japanese, pretty, pretty pictures, which again, we forgot to mention in the review, there was no Daisenshu images from any of the uh, TV animation ah. books. It's very sad, because that is gorgeous. But if you want to see it, you could win this. And then the third prize we're giving away is Dragon Ball Z Movie 5 Film Comic, which is the anti-manga. Oh, cool. Again, if you know the movie, pretty easy to follow along. So those are our three prizes. You can go to the website, find out how to get those, or you can just submit an email to contest at contentai.com and just give us your name and we will randomly draw who wins. Wow, uh, way to upstage me, asshole. Yeah, there you go. So, yes, five more years of this with Mike. Awesome. That's it. Uh, we do have some content coming down the road, but whatever. I know we have an interview coming up um, that Jake has translated. Cool. With 
Tanaka Mayumi, so the voice of Krillin. Um, other than that, I guess I don't really have a whole lot else. I'm going to go have fun this weekend because it's Memorial Day. Damn right. That's what we're off to do. Yeah. All right, Hujio, Konstantin, thanks for being here with me and doing the show. Yeah, no problem. All right, for you, for Julian off in Japan, who we're hopefully going to hear from next week, fingers crossed, uh, for the wife, Mary, who um, had a half day and then went shopping, and maybe she's home. I actually don't know. I'm locked in the basement right now. I'm going to venture out and see if my woman is around. For all those fine folks, my name is Mike Vegito EX, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. We'll see you next time. Bye.